Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Chain and Ellie back with you again. Today we are going to be talking about kind of the macroeconomics, the strategy of drafting different positions and why it might be a good idea or a bad idea, depending on where you are at in your Debbie draft. So we'll be going through all of them, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, potentially hitting some tight end. Um, there's just not a whole lot to talk about there. But we're going to do that. But first, we do have another nonsense draft because uh, this kind of came up after the uh, after we recorded last week. Um, so these guys have a little more time to think about the best video game franchises. Uh I so graciously gave myself the the first pick um, because I believe that there is a very clear 101 um, and I'm going to take Mario. Uh, incredible games. Love them. How, how kind of you to snag the number one pick there, Kane. Yeah, like that's it, it a monster number one pick with the party series, the Mario Kart series, all the mainline games. Yeah, that's a good, good but slash. let's be real like there's a chance that two good picks can knock off mario though sure right because there's a lot of good video game franchises out there and the fact that i don't play that many video games probably doesn't help me here i i second that uh, the late rounds might be tough for me even though i spent hours prepping for this draft hours I've been Days, in Shane's dude. basement, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there are video games everywhere. Wall to uh, wall. This is this is Shane's kind of uh, wheelhouse here. I uh, see it. In light of that, I'd like to go second. I think Shane can handle the turn here, um, but I'd like to go Call of Duty. I think it's the best uh, FPS uh, video game franchise. Um, it's the one that I've poured the most hours into by far. Multiplayer is top level. I mean, those early games, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 2, the zombies that you could play, just so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, I I don't know if I would have... T- like, it's very popular. I think it's a good pick. I, I, I don't think I've played a Call of Duty game since Xbox 360. I think it's the last one I've played, so I probably wasn't taking it, but I get it. Um. All right, then 103, I, I, I think I'm, I got to go with the hot, trending, but still longevity franchise of the Legend of Zelda series. Breath of the Wild was among one of my favorite games of all time, and Tears of the Kingdom right now is, is I'm playing through it slowly, but surely as I take kind of a break from watching film, I'll get through the whole thing. It's up there, and like the old ones are kind of classics, the original 
uh, Link to the Past, etc. There's still some I haven't played, so I'm still into that. And then uh, 201 might be my personal favorite. Definitely was as uh, in like early middle school, and that's Pokemon. I think oh. Pokemon is. It's such a great franchise of games. You know, you have the long mainline games. It's a simple concept that works for kids, works for adults. But they have so many spinoffs, Pokemon Snap, the Mystery Dungeon series. Uh, Pokemon Stadium? Please don't oh, disrespect. St- stadium. No, Stadium. I, I have I have Stadium for the N64. I have it for the N64. Yeah. Such so a good, good game. So good. Uh, I have not played either of those. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say those picks were decent. Yeah, that's thank my you. Great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, how are we handling EA sports? Do we have to pick specific sport franchises within the franchise? Those? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with my favorite. I love FIFA. Always have always will. It's the only game I actively play still. Um, multiplayer is great. Career mode is great, especially the old career modes. Um, you could play it individually. You could play it. Uh, with other people, I mean, I, I think it's by far the best of the the EA sport franchises. Uh, I'm gonna piggyback right on that EA, and I'm just gonna go ahead and take college football. Pander, uh, they haven't released a game in seven years. years. And do I still play 2014? Yes, yes, yes. It's not a franchise; it's one individual game. No, the franchise has been going since the early 2000s. It's been yeah, uh, a good ten games. When I want Pander. to play, when I want to play, uh, like especially football, when I want to play something on the Xbox, I'm going to play NCAA Football 14. Right? I think it's still a great game. I think it had gotten to the point where the recruiting was much more realistic um, to the to the period, right? Compared to the previous games, um, obviously, there's a lot of wonkiness that going that goes on. Um, you could have had Oregon's playbook and you could be doing triple options. Um, they get absolutely wild, but it's an absolute great game. Um, yeah, yeah. This one might shock Shane a little bit, but I grew up playing these games, especially number seven. I'm going to take Final Fantasy. Wow. Yeah, I would not have uh, expected that. I was on, I was like, oh, I'll get Final Fantasy. With back. Titus? Yes. And number seven. Great game. Um, Final Fantasy was such, such a fun game, especially like as I was learning to play video games, right? It was the first kind of um, game like that, first kind of RPG I'd ever played before. Um, especially especially one where you're able to switch between characters in in attacks, especially when it's turn-based, um, like the attacks were. Great game, Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. I wish they would still continue to be that good, but I think like, they peaked at seven. New new one's coming. Yeah, Final, uh, Titus Final Fantasy X. That was my, my wife's favorite as well. Hmm. And uh, I played some of the remake of seven, but I couldn't. I, it's so long, I, I just couldn't do it, but I played that some of the early the, ones. That was on the PS2. Final Fantasy yeah. 7 on the PS2. That picks dunk. Okay. Both of these picks dunk. <laughs> um, I'll take I'll tell you what. Madden is the superior franchise. I think two I think 
NCAA football. So that's my pick here, to be clear. I'm taking the Madden franchise. I think the peak of NCAA football was better, but Madden as a whole has been the better franchise. The early years were best. I mean, Mike Vick in like 2007 was, I mean, that like game-breaking fun. Um, and they have evolved, mainly not for the best, but there are still aspects of the game that are good. Ultimate Team has become such a money maker for them that they've focused all their efforts there, which is a little bit frustrating. Same actually applies to FIFA. But, I mean, the fact that they've still pumped out games makes it a superior franchise to uh, NCAA football, which has not put out any games in eight years. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the old the old men's were there's some killer ones, uh, right? The, the the Michael Vick cover Madden I had for GameCube, I think 2004 was, I think the 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 peak, I think the best of the franchise. So it's a fair pick of the third. And their uh, their career modes in in some of the recent games I think are underrated. They've gotten They're much fun. better. They actually yeah. have a storyline, which I think has been enjoyable, especially since they were able to kind of pick up part of that NCAA football portion, right, where you're able to play a few games uh, in college. I think has been important for them, especially as they kind of try to find other ways to keep people playing that aren't playing Madden Ultimate Team. Yeah. Right. right. If they, if they, they, yeah, I think Ultimate Team is what has killed the franchise for me, for sure, because I have sure. no interest, but... Uh, all right, three hundred three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with another. I'm going uh, triple Nintendo here. I'm gonna go Super Smash Brothers. Ah, that's on my list. That's a good pick. I was yeah. I mean, I, I played the original for for the N sixty four like religiously, and then Melee for the GameCube was was so good, and the the newest one Ultimate is phenomenal. Like it's one of the, one of the the best party games you can just play for hours. No problem. Um, 401, I, I got to move away from Nintendo. I'm, I'm going to go Grand Theft Auto here. Uh, Ooh, the 401. You're just taking ones off my list. Look, I, 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 the last four GTA games are all like phenomenal. Vice City was great. San Andreas and then 4 and 5. Both are so good. Um, and I, I like those type of games where you can literally do nothing that has to do with the story or the game and have fun for like 30, 40 hours and just run around and do whatever. Uh, but it still has kind of a tight story and missions that are a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I love GTA. Uh, I'm going to take a value pick here. I'm going to take Halo. Um, I actually, I grew up a PlayStation kid, not an Xbox kid. So my only experience with Halo was playing it on Buddy's Xboxes, but it was always fun, and I, I respect the value here more than anything else. I can't speak too much to the intricacies of the game. It's a good pick. That's a good pick. Do I only get two picks left? Only, only I know, right? There, there's so, so many more. Only uh, yeah, only two left. Uh, what's my team? Just so I can try and diversify a little bit. Got Mario, NCAA, and Final Fantasy. A pretty diverse team so far. Um. I'm going to take, uh, like, think what if Final Fantasy was just a little bit darker and not turn-based. And I would like to take Diablo. 
Um, Diablo yeah, 4 coming out soon. Um, you can catch me on your local Xbox server. Um, that's where I'll be. Diablo, great game. I very much enjoy all those. Because um, you can get multiple playthroughs um, with different character types, uh, different builds. Um, huge skill tree. If you're if you're trying to find a game that uh, similar to Diablo, but free, look at Path of Exile. Very fun game. Um, you can have that for your Xbox or your uh, or your computer. Um, I I don't know how to choose between the other three that I have written down here. Oh, bollocks! There's a lot. There's a lot of good games left. I know, and it's all games that. These are all games that I've played too, so I think it. Uh, I feel like there's a, a blatant pick missing that I don't want to take because I've never played it, but I've heard of it a ton. <laughs> well, you gonna take Wii Sports? <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought about it, but no. Not, not a bad franchise. Not a bad franchise. <laughs> it's not. Um... <sighs> I think one of the things that I'm missing is um is a, a huge strategy game. I'm a big strategy game guy. Um and Nelly, I don't know if you've ever played these games. Shane, you probably have. I'm going to take the Civilizations oh, franchise. Yeah, good. That's a good pick. That's a good. Um, Nelly, if you've never played Civ, do it. <laughs> it's good. It's wild. Like um, I've actually been meaning to, but that just that just that reminded me of a when, game that I when, now may pick. When Gandhi gets out the nukes, you know, you know it's over. Like that's when yeah. you know it's over. Yeah, when you when Genghis Khan is big on diplomacy <laughs> and science, that's how you know things are really are really tip top. Um, but overall, like a great game because you can play with friends. You can play by yourself. Um, you can really do however you want. There's many different ways to win, too. So depending on, um, you know, who your leader is and the people around you, uh, a lot of different strategies to win a game of Civ. So um, I'm going to take that. I have one that I really wanted to take. Um, I'm going to see if Shane takes it here. Uh, I doubt it, but I would love to see it get drafted. Uh, I'm between a pander pick of a game I've never played, but I think would be good value. Um, probably my second favorite sports franchise and just a random shot in the dark that I think I'm going to have to go with because I'm true to myself. And I think you guys should appreciate that about me, even though it might result in poor draft results, which may also be related to the lack of polls that we've had recently. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with Bloons Tower Defense. You guys ever play oh, that? All right. Yeah, I've played Bloons Tower Defense. I spent so many. I mean, there are six of them. They're up to Bloons Tower Defense six. I spent so much time on that game, both on the mobile version, on 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 my laptop in school. Um, I mean, that was my that was what you you kind of jogged my memory with when you said strategy games, because um, that's that's the one that I remember the most. I don't think that's a good pick, but I think that's such a fun pick. <laughs> Why don't you just play some mini clip eight ball pool? 
<laughs> yeah, the 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 uh, what's it called? The Game Center iPhone games. Yeah. Oh my gosh! If you're like, all right, top fifteen video game franchises: Bloons Tower Defense. <laughs> yeah, I I have four left that I that I like and I think are worthy of a pick here, and then I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine more that uh, I, that I also like. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the you know, like the the franchise. Pretty much one game, um, but it, it's a big one. I'm going to take Minecraft here. I oh. think, I think, I, I think just the creativity aspect of Minecraft, playing with other people, uh, you know, what I've seen done, like role play servers and different things. There's is just some infantile possibilities, and it's gotten. It, it can be simple if you want it to be simple, or it could be like super complex if you want it to be super complex. And what people can do is amazing to me. So. Uh, I like that creative aspect. Even though I'm not the best Minecraft player in the world, but I enjoy the franchise. Shane, I, it's not where I thought you were going. I thought I was going to hear some Batman um, Arkham series. Oh, there you go. Out of you. Yeah. Great series. It's a good series. It's very, very fun. Because you can definitely just, you just, can just play it by yourself. Go at your own speed. Like Good stories. Yeah, very yeah. fun game. Also, I had Assassin's Creed written down as well. Um, That's as what well I was God referring to. Yeah, Assassin's Creed was what I was referring to, and I kept saying it seemed like a good value pick that should have been taken. But I've never played it, so I didn't feel like I could take it. I think the last one or two for me has kind of messed things up. They'd had a run there of... No, I, I, th- I think a game. solid draft. Yeah, I think it's a good draft. My, my other ones are Resident Evil. Um those games are, are fun. Uh, Dark Souls, the Dark Souls series, like with Elden Ring added on recently, uh, they're good. I, I can't beat any of them. I've never beaten a Dark Souls game. but And then uh, Metal Gear Solid harkens back to my past. Uh, I think World of Warcraft deserves a shout-out. Yeah. Um, Warcraft the is the franchise. I played Warcraft 2. Uh, pretty religiously back in the day. I was just talking to one of my friends. I was like, should we get back into WoW? The original <laughs> vanilla WoW? Yes. On the re-release? I was like, it wouldn't be bad. So, also, NBA 2K is fantastic. I actually wish I took that over Madden. I think I think they do a really good job with that. Yeah, it is a good set of games. I prefer NHL, but that's just because I prefer hockey pretty similar shane thought i'd hear some kingdom hearts out of you kingdom hearts is like high on my list like okay. i i i have i hundred percented kingdom hearts uh the, the most recent one also thought i would hear uh i don't know if you're a ps guy but i assumed you were so i thought i was going to hear the last of us hey you know what? i haven't played the last of us it's a pander pick because of the tv show it is also it was also a super popular video game yeah, yeah, a really long time. <laughs> and there's probably some that we missed. Red oh, Dead yeah. Redemption. Dead Redemption. Great games. I I have a lot of Nintendo, you know, Metroid, Animal Crossing, Mega Man, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, oh, uh, good. Crash and Bandicoot. 
Boone Star Defense is better than all of those. Boone Star Defense, Tower Defense, though. Well, then you also have like, uh, what's the other one? Metroid. Kind yeah. of all those games that like I didn't really play much. Sonic. Uh, so- uh, Sonic's a good one too. I, I didn't even Fox. have that on my list, but like the old Sonic games are perfect for that that time. My wife has put two hundred hours into the Sims so, franchise. So, oh. Roblox. There you go. Yes. <laughs> get the get the thirteen year old vote, Nelly. <laughs> Roblox. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many votes we're missing out on there. <laughs> Probably about the same as if I would have chosen uh, Castlevania. Yeah, I like that. Star Defense. A good. That's a good. Castlevania is a good series, man. <laughs> some, the, uh... Also, the amount of hours I put into the Mafia games is probably too many, <laughs> but very fun games. That's good. Yell, yell at us on Twitter. Tell us what we missed, or in the Discord, even better. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get into Half Life, Shane? I have, I have not. I, I've played the. Fr- I think the first one I played a little bit, but I never got into it. And I know if my brother ever listens to any podcast, it'd be this one. Uh, he would get mad at me for not picking Mass Effect. The first Mass Effect I, well, it was really good. With the it. worst driving controls ever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drive in that game. I don't know how you're able to do it, if anyone can. Um, but, yeah. I should probably get back into video games. And also, uh, in the Discord, let me know if it's actually worth me buying a Switch so I can get my wife to start playing Animal Crossing. Um, Animal Crossing is good. It's a good, great it's the best uh, so, game of the series. Yeah, so let me know in the Discord, in the discussion uh, portion, let us know. But we're going to move on to kind of this macroeconomics of, of really looking at, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks. And this has been a big topic for us, um, not just last week, but for the last few weeks, right, of, of kind of the strategy behind drafting quarterbacks. And um, it can go as far as kind of your lack of quarterbacks in the NFL on your NFL team kind of will push up, make inflated values of Devi players because you might need a quarterback. Uh, obviously, with a low hit rate, uh, especially when you look at Devi players drafted, especially quarterbacks, hit rate of them actually succeeding in the NFL very, very low. Um, but obviously, the payoff of those players going to the NFL, if they do get drafted in the first round and become a starter in the NFL, huge payoff, right? Like, it's it's a massive payoff if you're able to get that guy. Um, but what do you guys think? Kind of this whole scheme of, of drafting quarterbacks and how have you guys kind of been handling it in your Debbie draft so far? You can start, Nelly. I think you have a good philosophy on how to approach this yeah well as kane said like there's such a low hit right here uh, but the reason why it's still worth drafting them is if it does hit if a quarterback gets drafted in the first round that's such a massive boom in value you know we had three guys drafted in the first round this year in the nfl draft cj stroud anthony richardson bryce young they're all top four rookie picks in adp right so like if you can hit on one of these guys it's such a it's such a, a massive hit that it kind of it makes makes it worth taking shots despite the low hit rate. Uh, I think what you have to look at right is the the argument here is 
do you draft these freshmen coming in, these five-star freshmen, these highly regarded freshmen, or do you draft um, kind of these these guys who be, develop later on in their careers and are become like fringe first-round pick kind of guys going into it? Uh, I love the the freshman um, the freshman approach here, like drafting five-star, high, highly touted prospects coming in. Um, not only because they do hit at a decent rate, but because they hold their value. If you look at a guy like Kent Quinn Ewers this past year, he was not good. He did not live up to expectations whatsoever. He struggled. And yet, and and he was a first-round pick last year in Debbie drafts. And his value has not draft, dropped that much because people still believe in that talent. They're pretty insulated assets, right? And so you could have held him this entire year and you can still sell him for close to what his value was last year, despite the fact that he's underperformed. So I think it, one of the more underrated uh, aspects of Debbie players is um, not just what they do once they hit the NFL, but how their value kind of fluctuates until then. And when you're taking shots on these five-star freshman quarterbacks coming in, there's a lot of value insulation that comes along with them. I think I think it's a good call, uh, and I think it's where a lot of people falter. You know, as Kane kind of pointed out, like the quarterback value is so good if you hit. But we're kind of hitting a point, I think, in college football and the NFL draft where outside of usually one or two quarterbacks, I think usually two a year, no one knows what the hell is going to happen with the quarterbacks. And so we have like 15 guys that people are throwing darts at there, you know, and one of them is going to hit like one of them will hit. But if you're, do I take Bo Nix? Do I think Jordan Travis or KJ Jefferson or take JJ McCarthy or Joe Milton has the talent. Michael Penix performed. People love him, right? Like it's that it's not really worth investing Debbie picks into those players unless they're very late you know, just shots. Hey, I want, I want to take this one lottery ticket shot. Like it's not worth drafting a bunch of those guys. Cause you're going to have probably the same odds of hitting. Um, and I think it's worth noting too, the NFL draft the past two years has, has deprioritized quarterback. We expected Will Levis. And I think there was an expectation of Hedden Hooker to go in the first round, uh, you know, go to the third, right. Malik Willis. Right. So, you know, we, we've kind of had this thing where we in, in the NFL draft community, the media, prop up the quarterbacks and then the NFL drops them back down on us. Um, so I think it's worth noting, like obviously Drake Bay is rightfully a top Debbie pick supplemental pick um, this year. But I think when Ellie said, it's probably better to invest in, you have a smaller pool of those five-star incoming freshman quarterbacks. It's better to invest highly in one of them than invest I'm going to spend my second, third, and fourth round pick on every you know 2024 Debbie quarterback that's out there. There's a good chance you're going to whiff. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think quarterback is you, you got to kind of take them young, or you have to get the guy that's already broken out and is thought of to be elite. And I think CJ Stroud and Bryce Young uh, painted it a, a bit. It's going to be a little rosier. But as I've said on the podcast a lot, usually the top two quarterbacks coming into the year are not the top two quarterbacks in the draft that get drafted. So you, you do got to be worried too, even for a guy like Drake May, that he's not completely insulated um, for, for draft capital. Especially when we're looking at right year over year of these of these quarterbacks that are kind of the middling quarterbacks, right? That like, oh, if things go right, J.J. McCarthy or um, – Joe Milton, right? Those are some guys now who 
do you guys remember some names of over the past few years where it's like, oh yeah, we should probably take these guys. Tanner McKee, Jaron Hall, um, were those guys? Rami, heck, yep. like Matt Corral, um, but was, was that player Brock Purdy, for better or for worse? Kellen Mond, you know, those guys were all out there. Like Tyler Van Dyke, I know I whiffed on him, obviously, but uh, Devin Leary at NC State, uh, Jackson Dart, um, KJ Jefferson, that's still out there. Uh, you know, taking shots on JT Daniels, Jaden Daniels, um, Phil Jergovic, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, like the the <laughs> list continues, right? Um, of of guys that Haynes King, another whiff, yeah, yeah. Um, and soon to be his his uh, counterpart Connor Wegman, but that's a different podcast. Uh, that was just for totally me. unnecessary, totally unnecessary. Um, but but you know what I mean? Like, there's so many of these guys that that we can list these names of like, oh, yeah, we were drafting them over um, some players behind them. I just pulled up an old draft um, behind Tyler Van Dyke uh, last year was Evan Stewart, uh, Rashad White. um Drew Alar, Devin Chain, Raheem Sanders, Will Levis. Like, guys that have done a little bit more in their career uh, in college or are a little bit younger where you're able to have that insulated value that N- Nelly talked about. So um, I think it gets very, very difficult. Like, oh, another one from last year, Cameron Ward. That was a, that was a fun six-week stint. Yep. Um, but a bit almost adversely to the quarterback, uh, is the running back, right? Um, adversely in, in the fact that we're not wanting to draft too many of them super young, unless they're like complete standout players coming into college until we see kind of that one year of production, right? That that's kind of how a lot of people have been viewing that, um, you know, viewing these these running backs, we see it, uh, right? One of your boys this year, Shane, Katron Allen, right? Coming in, we're not just going to pick up pick any four star going into college, right? We want to have a little bit more uh, longevity and a little bit more production from them before we're willing to uh, kind of take one of these players with with a pick in Devi. Uh, is that how you're kind of hel- handling it, Nelly, when we're looking at the running back position, or are you kind of going a little bit different? Um, I think it depends. I think past production certainly matters more for running backs than it does for quarterbacks. But I, I do think you have to take your shots on some of the top freshmen coming in as well. Um, running backs are so weird, right? Because it, it's a position that's become devalued by the NFL. Uh we, we can see this by contract numbers. We can see this by picks spent on them recently. The, the number of day one and day two picks have, has gone down over the past 10 years at the position. Um, and ultimately, that's what we're looking for when, when we're drafting these guys is that sort of relevant capital. And so our, our basically our pool of hits, it becomes smaller and smaller. So it gets harder. Um, something that I've kind of started to do is... I like to hit the 
um, like the the blue chip program backfields more. Feels like those guys are uh, more often drafted early by the NFL, often because they recruit the the best talent. Um, but I think that is that's an area that I, I've started to kind of care about more is is drafting the starter at Alabama. Um, that's probably more valuable than than a, a starting running back that's producing pretty well at a at like a a poor power five school. Um, that sort of thing, like finding the next guy at Georgia, taking shots on the next guy at Georgia, rather than uh, drafting your favorite G five guy. Like I think, I think it it appears to me as though the NFL cares about the school that you're playing at. They're more comfortable taking guys from these these blue chip programs. Um, that could be um, uh, a sort of correlation doesn't equals causation um, situation here because maybe the best players just are at those programs, but it's hard to decipher. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, I think it's tough because uh, at some point you have to draft the incoming freshman to – get maybe that, that top prospect, the Travion Henderson, you know, that type of player. You had to draft him coming in. I I think running back is the situation where the opportunity matters. You know, if, if a five-star freshman is coming in and has an open shot at the backfield, then I'm much more willing to spend that kind of unknown capital on them. Um, but I, I'm kind of with Kane. I think that past production, you know, Rocket Sanders is a great example after year one where you, you could draft him still a decent value, you know, second, third round of Debbie drafts, um, full Debbie drafts and still gotten that and, and seeing what he could do already. You didn't, you, you could wait. Um, I've, I think it's happening a bit this year with guys like, like Trey Benson, where probably have a pretty good idea. He's probably going to be pretty good and probably have decent draft capital. The other thing that I want to say, and I think it's a little bit of a cheat code because I don't think enough people do this. We talk about it, but I don't know if people do this. Is draft the most athletic running backs you can find. Just draft, just draft them, right? I think Kane and I especially did that with Devin the Chain last year, and Kane really is who pushed me to do it. He's going to run a four three. Like there's insulated value in that. I mean, if you look at Bruce Feldman's freak list at running back, here's who he had on the list last year: Braylon Allen, Jalen Wright, Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, Devin the Chain, uh, Micah Bernard, Dwayne McBride. Those were the running backs. So, you know, everyone in that draft class got drafted in, in this past year's draft class got drafted. So, like, a guy like Jalen Wright probably should be higher on our list. Like, he's probably going to get drafted. You know, so it, it's kind of a weird, like, if you can find the 100 meter of, of the player in high school and they were, like, super fast and they're going to run a 4-3, draft them the last round of your Debbie draft, they're probably going to the NFL. And I think that might be a way to differentiate. You have guys that, have size and speed or even just speed uh, can be worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, pick the most athletic guys. You probably got a better shot. If you're deciding between two players, probably take the most athletic one. Seems to have a, a better shot. Uh, let's move to wide receivers. My philosophy at wide receiver is if they're an incoming freshman, they're a five-star, I'm probably going to move them up my board. That's just kind of my overarching theme, especially with incoming freshmen. They're a five-star kid. I probably want them, um, especially if they're going to a, a big school, like Nelly just mentioned with running backs. Same thing, right? 
I'd rather have the kid that's going to USC than a random guy that chose to go to Missouri last year, right? Um, like, it just makes sense that you would want a guy that's going to have more big games play against better opponents. It makes sense to me. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'd rather have the five-star guys. It definitely helps to have production. Um, a sneaky thing that that we need to continue looking at, right, are guys that go that are going from G5 to P5. I think there's a little bit of a cheat code there. They're a little bit more discounted um, than they would be if they just had not great production year one in a P5 and then move and then just do better year two. Um, but instead, they crush it at a G5 and then moving to a power five um, definitely kind of makes it a little bit cheaper uh, because a lot of people aren't realizing um, that they were already playing well before they're getting to college. Yeah, I think with me for wide receiver, actually, it's the point you guys were making with running backs. I think pass production is, is for me, probably most important in wide receiver. Um, the thing with wide receiver is it's kind of the easiest position to project in Devi. Uh, you have the most um, opportunity for hits in terms of guys that are drafted with relevant draft capital, guys drafted day one or round one, round two, round three. Um, so that pool of players is of hits is bigger. Um, there are also more wide receivers in college, right? So the denominator is bigger. It's not as if it's that much easier, but um, it's kind of easier to use kind of these basic analytical models of, of these of like production age adjusted production to predict draft capital. That's easiest at, at wide receiver as opposed to quarterback or running back. Um, and so one of those things that matters or, supposedly matters I, I should say is um this early production kind of indicates that a player is strong at a young age um it indicates it'll kind of continue and that's that's something that uh leads to draft capital pretty often so um that's something that i love to see like you see what what tech mcmillan did this past year you see what antonio williams did this past year there's a reason why these guys are rising up Davy ranks and uh, and why I would take them over most in coming freshmen, it's because they've kind of already taken that first step that is so crucial in terms of building a good profile. Yeah, I don't have too much to add. I think you both hit the nails in the head for that. It, receivers kind of in this logjam state until we get to 2026. We get the COVID years out because teams recruit so many receivers and so many are transferring that I think it, it can be tough even those five stars coming in to see the field and to do well. And when they do a guy like Evan Stewart, you know, from Texas A&M, then I think we know he's probably going to be a first round pick. Like it's probably going to work out. Like Nelly said, it, it's kind of easy to uh, figure that out. And, and like Kane said, the blue blood programs, it just draft, draft all the receivers going into Ohio state. And you're probably going to have a 50, 50 hit rate. Like, I don't think I have the the balls to do it, but someone should just go into a Debbie draft and just be like, all right, what, what Ohio state receivers are left? This is every pick. Let's just draft every Ohio state receiver, you know, um, and it probably can work out. Um, but I do, I do think we do gain a lot of knowledge and information from the previous year and people are still slow to maybe move to that. Someone like Romeo Dunze, I think has shown athleticism, speed, size, and production. And like, he's still not, getting drafted that high in supplemental drafts, right? Um, 
So I think there is still a way to take some of these second, third year eligible receivers and, and do well. And, um, you know, the really good five-star freshmen, once again, that have an opportunity, absolutely. I think you got to jump on that, but you might have to still wait a little bit. Let's just quickly move on to tight ends. There's not a ton to talk about. Um, it probably helps to have some production at tight end, also to be a pretty highly ranked player. Um, oh, yeah, and to be also really athletic. If you're going to draft them in Devi, kind of all those things kind of combined. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. It's so tough. I think you need production to really feel good about tight end. I would not draft an incoming freshman. I mean, even even incoming sophomores, like none of them have really done anything to the executor guys that were like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be drafted highly. Like I would almost wait unless you have a, a Brock Bowers type of out breakout wait until the year before they're draft eligible when you have the most information. Now we know oh, a JT Sanders from Texas, he's going to get drafted highly. Now I can draft him. Like I, outside of that, I probably would just stay away. Yeah. We kind of fell into that trap. We being myself, I think I'm not sure where you guys stood, but a lot of people in the community, we, we fell into that trap with Michael Trigg last year. It was all basically a projection. He had like one or two good games as a freshman. We're like, Oh, we can project this forward. And it, it's so hard with tight ends. It it really is. And I mean, we've talked about I was I've talked about with the other positions. The, the amount of relevant tight ends at the next level is 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 very small, right? So you're you're shooting at like a smaller dartboard essentially. If yeah, sure. I think just tight ends are just difficult. Also, it's better to have them at a power school than it is to have them at a lower school with production right um, I think that goes for just about every position um, but let's uh, let's quickly first Shane do you still have those uh, the video games pulled up I don't think we ever gave a full recap of those teams I do I do I can give a full recap here uh, Kane's team was uh, the Mario franchise the NCAA franchise Final Fantasy Diablo and Civilization Nelly's team is Call of Duty, uh, FIFA, Madden, Halo, and Bloons Tower Defense. Uh, my team is Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, Super Smash Brothers, Grand Theft Auto, and Minecraft. Ooh, some couple good teams there. <laughs> agreed, <laughs> agreed. I think it's very close agreed. between two of us. Like, yeah, me and Shane. I'm with you. Look, if the creator of Bloons Tower Defense votes, I think he's going to go for Nelly's team. <laughs> Yep. Willie, though. Um, <laughs> Shane, do you want to teach us something? I will. I will. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a, a Cheyenne Native American woman named Buffalo Calf Road Woman, or she's thinking Brave Woman, who I was reading about last week. Uh, I think it's one of the most like badass women I've ever read about. So she fought in the Battle of the Rosebud, uh, and saved her brother, uh, Chief Comes in Sight, from literally was like a bullet was coming at him, and she grabbed him off of his horse and, and picked him up with one arm onto her horse and saved his life. And then she fought next to her husband, um, I think like eight days later in the Battle of Little Bighorn. And it just came out recently, the past, you know, 20 years or so, 
that she was the one that shot uh, General Custer and knocked him off his horse, possibly is the one that, uh, you know, before he died. So that she, you know, she may have been the one basically to end Custer's last stand and has never really gotten the credit as like a Native American woman. I think it's pretty awesome. That's a baller story. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like what, what a, what a, you know, what a, like a week and a half to have. Right. Uh, let's, Let's go into our buy sells and unknown stock here. Um, who wants to go first? Um, I, I can start. I have some NFL names. My, my buy is, is Tyler Algier. I think because the Bijan drafting, rightfully so, was getting left behind. But I do think they're going to still mix Tyler Algier in. I don't think he's bottomed out in value. A lot of people are selling him. You know, you can kind of get him tossed into a deal. And have a nice bench running back. Um, you know, his, his like value in some of these trades, like Odell Beckham, KJ Osborne, Terrace Marshall, you know, end of the roster type players that I think you can trade for all year and maybe have a guy you can plug into a flex spot in bye weeks. Uh, and if, you know, God forbid Bijan goes down, we saw what all year can do as an RB2. I think it's a, a nice move. My sell is Canarius Tony. I just I don't know what, quite what to make of Kadarius Tony, and I just don't expect like big things. I would much rather some of the guys after him, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, James Cook. Like, man, I, I would trade Tony for any of those three players. I think will give you more immediate production and maybe has a rosier upside for a couple years. I just don't see much happening in that Chiefs offense with him in terms of fantasy production. Maybe more real life production. Now, my unknown is Alec Pierce, the receiver for the Colts. I really liked him coming in from Cincinnati. I thought he fit the offense last year, but now, you know, you have a new coach coming in. Um, you know, they obviously drafted Josh Downs for the slot. So I think Pierce's role is safe. So I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe he's a value, but I, I just I just can't see this working with him and Pittman. Uh, and maybe I want to get rid of him. I don't know. I don't know what to do with Alec Pierce. Nelly, how about you? I'm going to go Debbie running backs here. I am buying Ruben Owens. Uh, for some reason, well, I was kind of down on him to start off with. He's very, very old for a prospect in his grade, like a year and a half older than, than most guys his age. Uh, and so that was a knock for me. But um, kind of as we talk through this macro strategy, and even before this, I think he has a great opportunity at Texas A&M as a true freshman to go in there, be their guy. His calling card is his athleticism, which again kind of feeds into these points that we've been making. Um, I think he has the making to 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 put it all together and kind of be one of these pretty elite running back assets in the future. Right, he's got to put on a few pounds. Um, and he's got to produce, but those things are, are both pretty easy for him to achieve. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's a top three running back in this class, uh, according to the services, uh, but he's kind of valued much lower than the top two guys. And I think it's probably a little bit of an overcorrection, not an overcorrection, but too wide of a gap. Um, conversely, another freshman running back, my cell is Roderick Robinson out of Georgia or playing at Georgia, um, big and athletic and going to Georgia, which are all very good things. However, he is like 
across the four main services, he's only a top ten back in one of in, from one of them, right? He's he's in the mid teens for for the other three main services, and he's not being drafted that way in Debbie. He's being drafted as like a top five back in this class. I think that you can overdraft him compared to the services um, because of the, the situation at Georgia and the size and the athleticism he provides. But I think that's probably too far in terms of moving him up into the top five in the class, drafting him that way. And Debbie drafts, drafting him over some, some previous producers that we already know of. He's not going to play at Georgia uh, for a, a little while, right? Branson Robinson does everything that he does, but already is a year in the system, already has produced a little bit, already is kind of broken out. So it's just like you're going to be waiting a little while on him, and it might just never come. Um, my unknown is Bucky Irving running back at Oregon, um, who had a very good year last year and also had a pretty good year as a true freshman at Minnesota, um, went very under the radar. I kind of question – He's my unknown because he's undersized, right? That's that's the knock on him. I don't know how he translates to the next level. I think he'll still be super productive this year. That Oregon offense is pretty much all returned, um, but he's he's undersized. He doesn't really have the frame to get that much bigger. Um, so I think he's I think he's a pro, right? But I don't know if he ever provides value because he'll never be a three down back. I'm going to start with my unknown here, and it's Alton McCaskill. Um, now that he's going to Colorado, I I just don't know. Uh, you're coming off of an injury. I think it gets difficult. I don't know what to do with him. There's a lot of question marks for me. Uh, myself, we talked about it in the last uh, Secret Chopper pod, but it's Jamison Williams. I think there's a lot of wide receivers around him I would prefer to Jamison Williams, especially if I'm trying to compete this year. Uh, whether that's um, Deontay Johnson or Marquise Brown or one of those players. I'd rather have those over Jamison Williams. Um, my buy is Damian Pierce, uh, the running back for Houston. Um, I know with them not drafting a running back very high that that his price kind of goes up a little bit, but I don't think his price ever went up that much. And if you're going to buy a running back, it's better to do it in the offseason where prices are a little bit cheaper, um, or at least their perceived price is much cheaper in the offseason than it is kind of as we get closer to the season. So um, Damian Pierce is my guy. I think I have him on probably far too many teams, um, but I'm going to try continue to try to get him uh, wherever I don't have him. That is it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. Uh, wherever you are listening to this podcast, go to the description, click on the link to join the free Discord. Talk with us about not only every game drafts, but also any Debbie drafts or C2C drafts, Dynasty Rookie, anything like that you got going on. If you're looking for orphans, go in there. There's a ton of orphans uh, if you're looking for, for a team. Uh, so feel free to check that out. But on behalf of Shane, Nellie, and I, thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you.